Welcome, TTV community. I am Bob Domena, and here with me, as always, is the indispensable Elliot Chidley. Thank you, Bob. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would say the same for you, because without, without you, this podcast is nothing. Yeah, and without you, this podcast is slightly less. <laughs> Thank you for that. That means the world. All right. So we're changing up our intros a little bit. We want to talk about our guests first, and then we'll get into some of the promos. So today's episode is with Keschler Fiber. He is born and raised in North Philly, and Keschler's route to becoming a tour guide is what we're going to be talking about today and his tours. So he commenced his his journey, yeah, his journey to becoming a tour guide after quitting his job at Aramark and living abroad until he could find some direction. And after three different experiences traveling abroad in Athens, Auckland, and Madrid, he began to consider the journey to become a tour guide. And what ultimately made him make the jump was a visit to the Lest We Forget Slavery Museum, where he realized how much local and world history is often ignored. And that is what led him to become a contributing writer with Hidden Philadelphia and joining the Association of Philadelphia Tour Guides. And after learning that, he became a private guide with Tours by Locals. And we've had several guides on from Tours by Locals, including Gary and Simon and now Keschler. And today, he has moved on to offering tours that focus on specific themes in the Philly area, such as the Other Philadelphia, food tours, and two tours which are available exclusively through the Traveler's Blueprint. And the thing that he's really interested in is making sure people who even know Philly, who have lived in Philly, learn more about the city and offering very, very cool insight that people normally wouldn't get. And it's to basically move travelers into that realm and position to learn and interact with those different cultures. Yeah, and he he is incredibly passionate. I'm a sucker for passion, and he is very yeah. passionate. He's very passionate about his tours in Philadelphia and travel. So, I'm I'm really looking forward to us growing that relationship with him and him, not only offering exclusive tours to the Travelers Blueprint community, but getting him on again and, and just working in with him over and over in the future. Elliot, uh, we're gonna meet him one day in Philly and hang oh, out. Yeah. yeah, once once we're able to. So. Okay, before we get into the conversation, though, very quickly, I want to promote the Traveler's Blueprint community group. It's a private Facebook group. It's something that I will admit was neglected for a while in the past. However, I'm trying to make a conscious effort to revitalize that group, sort of bring people who listen to the podcast together to discuss anything related to the conversation, to travel, if you have a specific question on, you know, how do I book the cheapest flight possible to Rome and you type it in there, I'll help you out. If you want to, if you need, uh, you know, if you have additional questions on a guest, you know, for example, Keschler, you want to learn more about the city of Philadelphia, ask it in there and you will get an answer. So join it. It's a private group. I'll approve you and we can grow that together. Uh, subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube. That's a, that's a good place. That's another area that we're trying to grow. If, uh, yeah. Well, I should say, if you're subscribed to our YouTube, then subscribe to our podcast and vice versa. If you're subscribed, wow, that is hard to say. If you are subscribed to our podcast, then you should subscribe to our YouTube as well. Great say point. Say that five times fast. Yeah. Yeah. We're all over social media. So Instagram is one that we've been using for a while, but I think we're going to try to uh, 
bring up our YouTube and bring up our Facebook. So the website is the last thing I'm going to promote today before we get into the conversation. If you send us, if you subscribe to the newsletter, which is essentially an update of what we're doing behind the scenes, you will get a free cheat sheet, which a travel cheat sheet, which just breaks down different ways you can save money and plan your trip. We offer a travel consulting service where you can sit down with me one-on-one and go through the nitty-gritty details of your trip from booking your airfare to navigating the city to the day you leave. Check it out. If you're interested, reach out. What else are we doing? We have uh, a few things in production. And you know what? I think I'm going to leave it off there. Let's just get well, in. But before we get into the episode, I do want to thank... Happy Sailor 1965 for the latest review on our iTunes page. The review reads that Bob and Elliot hit the mark with every episode as they take us in to the souls of travelers where we gain a great insight to the world and how others see it. Great hosts, great show, an asset to the podcast community. Highly recommend. That's a very nice review. It is a very nice review. Those things... Uh, it sounds, I don't know, cliche or something, but they really warm your heart, you know, because do. We, we do put in a lot of work. I mean, and, and we choose to do it. I love doing this. But when you get acknowledged for or some sort of acknowledgement for it, it's so gratifying. It feels really good that people actually enjoy the work that we're putting into yeah. this. So, so, so thank, thank you. you very much. Happy Sailor 1965. Yeah. And lastly, you know, right before we get into this podcast with Keshler, I just want to reiterate that we do have tours with him posted on our website that you can only get through our website. And so if you're interested in booking a tour, visiting Philadelphia, whether or not you are a, a uh, living in a different state, you live in Philadelphia and you want to learn more, you can check those tours out on our website and feel free to let us know what you think of them. That's it. Uh, let's get into the podcast. So without further introduction, please give it up for our next guest, Keshler Thibert. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Keshler, welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. Thank you for having me here. I'm surprised that you invited me. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Uh, you're you're very highly rated on tours by locals. You have all some... my family members. All, <laughs> all my. Well, that's good that your family likes you. Yeah. Let that yeah. a lot of payouts. Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, they were very good, and the the titles of your tours were intriguing. A lot of food. Yes. And. I'm a, robust, from, I'm a robust gentleman, so there we go. And, well, that's Philadelphia sized. That's, and, <laughs> as, yes. as most of our listeners know, Philadelphia is sort of our home base, our home city. Neither of us technically live in Philadelphia anymore, which, right. yeah, Get Kessler is going to forgive us on, but we All still right. consider it home. And so this is cool. This is our first time we've talked to people who have traveled the entire planet from every continent, but this is the first time we're actually sitting down and talking about our home city. So, yeah. so excited. Yeah. Do you, it, it, in a few sentences, do you mind giving like a quick bio or on what you do and the type of tours that you have in Philadelphia? All right. I got, okay. I'll, hey, we I'll said quick. I'll take it a whole hour. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what I do is a few things. Uh, one, I'm a writer, a contributing writer for Hidden Philadelphia. Uh, tour guide, uh, sorry, I'm going all over the place. I'm trying to like summarize everything and make it uh, digestible for everyone. But the reason I became a tour guide is because there are a lot of parts of Philadelphia are just being like looked over 
And when people come here, they simply go Liberty Bell, uh, Independence Mall, Art Museum, and that's it. And I was looking like, there's so much more to Philly than that. It's like, if I could actually show people and talk about the parts of Philly that never talked about, they'll perhaps want to like know more about Philly and perhaps stay in Philly much longer. So things kind of just evolved from there, from just like me writing an article from Philly in Philadelphia, then me starting to say, you know what, I'm not just going to write about Philly, I want to show people Philly. And it just snowballed from there. So each one of my tours really kind of focuses on areas that Philly really doesn't get uh, like highlighted on. Of course, there's like the basic Philly, like the cheesesteak, the Liberty Bell, et cetera, et cetera. Then there's other tours that kind of like, let's focus on South Philly and Chinatown and all these other areas. Let's focus on the Underground Railroad, which Philadelphia was a big part of. Like, let's focus on that area. Let's just focus on the American Revolution, that area. So each one of my tours is part of Philadelphia that people really don't look at, except for that major, that 101 Philadelphia introduction tour. So I hope I answered your question. I, I felt myself kind of rambling on and I was like, all right. No, that, that's... Bring it back. That, that's perfect. And something that I think most people forget outside of the world of Philadelphia to realize is that Philadelphia is probably one of the most historic cities in the yeah. nation, if not the most historic city. I think there's an argument to be made there that it is the most historic or yeah. one of the most important cities for the founding of this nation. And, and even moving past that, industry, a lot of firsts are in Philadelphia. You have the first U.S. Mint you have the first newspaper, you have yeah. the first zoo, you have the first, like, so, and, and you, and it goes on and on, the list goes on, and there are so many institutions that were developed in Philadelphia that we now use today throughout the country, and when you tell people that, I've noticed people kind of take a step back, like, whoa, the first? Yeah. This is where it started? Like, where? Tell me more, where, where, you know, and, and let me learn more about the city, and so there's so much to unravel, uh, yeah, I'd say that to people during tours, I say, I'm literally giving you two tours, that introduction, I'm giving you two tours. And I say, first, I'm going to talk about Philly a little bit, then I'm just going to talk about U.S. history. And then I go to about like 1800, and I say, okay, Philly's no longer the capital, which is another thing that people, blow people, blows people's minds when I tell them, like, Philly is, I'm going to say, the second capital of the United States. I'm going to yeah. give New York it's little, and Hamilton, it's a little shout out, they only had it for a few months, but I say, like, Philadelphia was the capital of the United States. Germantown was, did have like the other like White House was out there. So yeah, George Washington, Ben Franklin, all those guys, they walk these streets. They walk these avenues. And I try to hammer this like, this is, this is the stuff that as an American, you hear about in school. And they're like, oh, wow, what? Really? Oh man, this, this is where, this is where Ben Franklin got drunk? Yes, this is where Ben Franklin got drunk. <laughs> this is it. This is where Hamilton lived. This is, you, you saw the musical? You know that little ditty that, it, yeah, this, this is it. They're like, whoa, blown away. And then, the, then I say, okay, stop. We're at Fifth and Market. Stop. Now let's talk about Philly. I'm like, oh, wow. Here's the other half of it. Here's the other half of the equation. Huh. I really like that because there is, there is the importance of the history and understanding it. And that's a good way to get the foundation of the city and what it means. But obviously, it's evolved dramatically sure. into what it is today. <clears throat> There's a beautiful food scene. Uh, there's a great nightlife scene. And and so I think, uh, Elliot, unless you have any objections, should we just ask about the food and dive into maybe the food first? Or Kesha, food if, first. You have a, if you have a preference on how you want to run the show. Well, you guide me because, like I said, I'll ramble on and just talk about everything. And then like three hours later, people are trying to figure out where exa what exactly happened to you two. And it's like you're still talking to him. So <laughs> you guide me. You hold my hand and you take well, me you know, 
All right. So, so if you're listening to this and you're interested in coming to Philadelphia, what I'm going to say is- Or if, if you live in Philadelphia and you want to know more about the city, pay right. attention. Well, if, if you are interested in traveling to Philly and you are interested in the, the Independence Hall and the Art Museum and things like that, um, maybe do your research elsewhere. I think for the basis of this podcast, we'll go a little bit deeper into Philadelphia because there's a, an abundance of information on Old City, which is where Independence Hall is located, the Liberty Bell, things like that. So let's, let's maybe put that on the back burner uh, and, and get a little bit deeper. So the food. Where to begin, Keschler? Walk us through it. Where to go? <laughs> That's a hard one because like, when I give because there's so much, and I know people. A lot of people think Philly is simply cheesesteaks, and that's it. And I say cheesesteak is a good place to start. There's so much more. There's another thing I try to hammer down on the tours. Like Philadelphia is literally a city of people from like all over the world. And I go back. For me personally, I go back to William Penn in the founding of Philadelphia and the surrounding region, and I try to explain them like. William Penn tried to, as a Quaker, a society, a friend member, he tried to make a place where everyone can come. It didn't matter denomination, didn't matter where you were from. You can come here and you can have your peace because Quakers or really society, society of friends knew what it was like to be persecuted, persecuted. So they created a place where everyone can kind of come together and live together and do their own thing. And it brought in like Germans, Irish, Italians, like everyone. And over time, again, like, African-Americans start coming here. You have Latins, Hispanics started coming here. So you have a whole lot of different type of food scenes in one place. So when people talk about like pretzels, Germans brought that over. That's why we have German town. It's literally like a German that was really close to like the Dutch border. We have pretzels. Like I grew up eating pretzels. Yeah, and when I went to Germany, I tried their pretzels. Like this tastes exactly like the pretzels I have at home. So one of the first things that made people try is like, uh, the Reading Terminal Market. Stop at Miller's, have a pretzel. I'm like, yeah. oh, delicious. And then we walk a few blocks over, we go to Chinatown. Then we just have, like, try a few things at Chinatown. Then I'll point out the little speakeasy, China, <laughs> Chinatown, and, like, give them a little lowdown. Then we walk them out, like, two blocks over, and then maybe go to the Burst Building. We go, like, the Baby Buns, the place I like to go to a lot, to, or Yuri, and I, like, try these sliders. I'm like, oh, wow, this is good. Like, the, the John, we have the John, there's the John slider there. We try a little bit of that. And, like, me, they'll, so I point, like, oh, you can try a pork roll over there. And, like, I literally, like, we're eating. See, I'm not a fine establishment dining, eating person. I'm a Philadelphia eater, <laughs> which is literally, let me grab that and eat that and walk get a swig of Coke and keep on going. And that's how sometimes I take the food tours. Like we're gonna, you're gonna learn a little bit, but you're gonna eat a lot. And after a few blocks, they start getting heavier and it's like, I can't eat anymore. And I say, okay, but it's Philly, just to eat a little bit more, just a little bit more. That's, that's the great thing about having an abundance of good food in a yep. city is that you can get great food without spending a lot of money. Yes. The competition is so high, even for smaller establishments that still a standard of quality that they need to meet to survive in the city. <clears throat> so it's, it's hard to get, it's, it might be harder to get bad food than good food, even at some of these, you know, uh, smaller places. Uh, going back though to the Reading Terminal Market, can you maybe tell us, uh, give us a few of the stops that you would make inside the market itself. And for those listening, the Reading Terminal Market is essentially a giant indoor food market i think there's commercial stores to like retail in there as well i always give people that before i go every place i give them little people like a little background uh market street used to be called high street at one time it just gained the name of market street because there's literally markets up and down the street 
So over time, Philadelphia, I call it Philadelphia kind of finding their culture. They say, you know what? We don't like markets on the street. We don't like the way this looks. Let's get rid of all of this. Let's do something else. That place where the Reading Terminal, the, the, the market actually is, there was always something kind of there. So what happens when the market, I'm mean, sorry, high became Market Street, that was there. They wanted to knock it down. They said, no, we're not going anywhere. We've been here for a long time. No. So eventually end up building the railroad sort of the, the Reading Railroad around the market that was there. So it didn't yeah. develop. So back in the day, meaning like the 1900s, people would actually like place orders. They put it on the train, they take it out to the suburbs, and they meet the train out in the, at their station, and they pull the food off. There. So it just like it just developed organically from that. It's like like I said, there's always Philly's a eating town. It was an eating town back in the 1900s as well. So just kind of grew. But when I go there, sorry, I went off on a tangent for a little bit. So when I go there, I try to reinforce the fact like, listen, Philly, eating for a long time. When I point out like Bassett's ice cream, it's over 100 years. There's Bassett's ice cream. What? A hundred years? Yeah. Right. Miller's. Like, let's have a little bit of pretzel. Then I may point out if they don't have an opportunity to go to Lancaster, I point out like, the Amish, and I talk a little bit about the Amish faith a little bit. There's Amish, and I tell them, like, try out the breakfast, because the breakfast. I pat you here. <laughs> really feeling really the Amish. Then I talk about the Dutch history. Like, here's uh, Dutch Pennsylvanians. You can get some fudge right over there. So I kind of, like, point out one thing I try to do is I ask a lot of questions. Try to figure out their preferences. And then once I know their preferences, I say, why don't you try out this? Because it's Philly. There's something for everyone here. It's just most people don't give the city enough of an opportunity to discover what's there. They're literally popping in and popping out. So the Reading Terminal is that perfect opportunity. Like, there's a little bit of Philly there. There's, there's their Dutch history. There's Amish. There's, there's soul food. You have Miss Tootsie's. You can get soul food. You go to their South Street location, or you can try a little bit right here. you vegan, vegetarian. There's a big scene start, uh, like that's been like growing the last few years. You can go over there and get some like really good uh, vegan or vegetarian food. I worked in the food industry. worked for Airmark for a number of years. So uh, like kosher, boom, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free. What are you into? Just tell me. What are you into? Okay. What about that? This, this. You want a roast pork, which is uh, a slept on, that's a Philly term, slept on a meal. Like, so you want to taste a little South Philly? Let's get a, uh, the Knicks. Let's yeah. go over there. They're like, let's hope there's not a long line. Try a little roast pork. And then I tell them, hold on, we haven't had a cheesesteak yet. Save a little room for the cheesesteak. All right. Where, where do you recommend to these tourists? For, for cheesesteak? Yeah. I mean, my friends always argue about this. Another thing you'll learn about Philly, we argue about everything. And everyone has like a different opinion, like where should you get a cheesesteak, where should you get a cheesesteak. Uh, me, my personal favorites on like a little bit of 4th and South, uh, Ishkabibbles, which is like near the like the old Jewish quarter, L.I. Street. Uh, nothing about, sorry, running off on tangent. Uh, South Street, every few blocks was actually like an old neighborhood. So literally around South Street, you was like the Jewish quarter. And then you had the Italian quarter that goes more into like South Philadelphia. And then you had like the black African-American uh, section as well. So if you ever read the Philadelphia Negro, like a W.E.B. Du Bois, that's that area. It's like all sandwiched. It was at one time that dividing line between different neighborhoods where if you cross the wrong line, you don't want to, you don't want to, you want to hope that you're the wrong color. You want to hope that you're the right color and you cross that line. Right. But sorry, went on from tangent. Ishkabibbles and Fourth and South, love it there. It's for me, it's like very lean. I can eat it and still feel fine afterwards. If you're bold, you can get a gremlin, which is just like this really sugary drink they serve there. Uh, I'm not into like eating a lot of sugar and salt. It, it tastes kind of throws me off, but it's like, it's very sweet. 
let's just say if you drink it, your teeth are going to feel a little loose afterwards. And it's right across from Jim Steak. Tourists love going to Jim Steaks. I'm not going to say anything bad about them, but for me personally, it's Ishkabibbles. If you want a heartier cheesesteak, then I say uh, uh, Sunny's on uh, 4th and Market. So that's if you want a heartier cheesesteak, that's a good place. But for me, I like a leaner cheesesteak, so Ishkabibbles is my choice. The original location. And plus, you get a little, plus, you get a little bit of Philly history because if you look on the wall, Ishkabibbles, it's literally like a hole in the wall. You go in, look at the wall, and it's like autographs of all these like locals on the wall, like from like the Three Stooges, which like Larry Fine was born in like the old Jewish quarter, like like the old hip hop stars, you got Will Smith, all these people, as well as guests that just came to Philadelphia to visit. You see their autographs along the wall. So you get a little bit of like Philly culture, you get a Philly meal. And if you want to learn how to say with or without or properly order a cheesesteak, they teach you that as well. They may mess with you a little bit, but they're good people. And that's why I keep going back there. Because when I go there, it's it's Philly. That's why like it's it's Philly. It's not touristy as anything. And when I take guests there, they're like, man, this is this is wow, I would have never found this place. It's like, yeah, because Philly keeps their secrets to close to them. We don't like revealing our secrets. We're very like like blue collar, just kind of chill people. And we're just like, it's not a big deal. This is just where we hang out there. And then we look across the street once again, we look at all the tourists and say, that's a long line. Yeah. I'm yeah. hungry. Well, I, yeah. I'm looking at pictures of Ishkabibbles, yeah. cheesesteaks. Yeah, I'm saving look, all of these. Oh my God, they look incredible. They're cheese fries, chicken cheesesteak. Oh, and many a drunk night. Yeah, it's yeah. like TLA is across the street. So if a concert goes out, you can just walk right across the street, grab a cheesesteak. They have a window out there on the street, so you can order right there and just eat on the street. And that's what locals do. We just we 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 walk and eat, we do right. business. And eat. That's how a cheesesteak and hoagies, another local. That's what it was created. It was out of expediency. We got somewhere to go. We need to hustle. We need to make this thing happen. Grab this piece of bread, throw some meat on it, chew some wit or without. Boom, we gotta go. We gotta carry on. Well, I love this city. Yeah. Dude, that, that, that looks so good. I haven't had a cheesesteak in a while either. When I, when I talk yeah. to people, um, when I talk to people about coming to Philly and, and they ask me which cheesesteak to go to, I always say, you know, check out Gino's and Pat's because of the attraction. Like it's, it's sort of an experience. It's like a, it's a Philly touristy experience, just like the Liberty Bell is in a way, this is like a similar type of experience as, as it relates to food. The, the neon lights, the lines, the pictures that are all over Geno's are very cool to experience. But I always say that just know that you're getting like a fast food cheesesteak. Yes. You're getting the equivalent of um, a little bit of a lesser quality, incredibly greasy. Just it's delicious, especially if you're drunk. They're amazing. Yeah, sure. I've had <laughs> a ton of them. But it's not... It's not the hearty cheesesteak. It's by no means what you see on Ishkabibble's website. It's, yeah. yeah. It's a meal. You walk away and you're dripping cheese sauce. That's another thing. You can get, you can grab the whole napkin dispenser, grab every napkin there and hold up your cheesesteak and it will bleed through eventually and like yeah. drip into your pants. But that's part, same with hoagies. You, a, a Philly hoagie is covered in oil <laughs> and yeah. it's dripping through the paper. I think they, there was an episode like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air saying things like, that's a Philly hoagie. It's like, it's all oil dripping through the bags like, and it's perfect. It's got to drip. Yeah. It's got to be a little bit oily. Yeah. Those photos look absolutely incredible. I remember the one time uh, that it was you, me, Amanda and Marlia, right? That one of the last nights we had in Philly while you still lived there and we all 
we were all going out. We were, went to a few different uh, bars, breweries, clubs, and then we ended at Pat's and Gino's and we did a blind taste test. I don't even remember this. So it must have been a good <laughs> night. You were that drunk. Yeah. 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 yeah so Bob and, Bob and myself, we went and each purchased uh, two cheesesteaks from each place and gave half of them to Marlia and Amanda. And they each ate and picked their favorite. And I'm pretty sure the outcome was, I think it was Pat's. I, I now I grew up liking Geno's, but I made a transition at some point, and now I'm a big fan of Pat's. If I have to pick between Geno's and Pat's, uh, I'm going with Pat's. Yeah. Right now. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Keshler? I don't know. Like you were saying earlier about Pat's and Geno's, it just it was always felt like fast food cheesesteak, so it never like appealed to me that much. And I have like to say, like, because my upbringing is always like fresh food and everything's like made from scratch. And in my neighborhood, most, I almost everything is just made from scratch. So it never really like appealed to me. It was like, all right, I need something quick. I just had a couple of rounds and some shots. Okay, let me just have the cheesesteak and this will like fill me up. So I'm good to go. But like I said, once again, I keep going back to Ishkabul. That is like my, if I can't go anywhere else, if it's close enough, I'll go there and I'll get my cheesesteak there. But like I say, Philadelphians, we all say different things. Some people say Pat's, some people will say Sonny's, some people will say Max's up in like North Philly. Everyone will say like something different. Delisandro's is another yeah, big Sandra's one. Yeah, another one. Uh, what's the place on a- uh, uh, Steve's. Yeah, Steve's, Steve's big one. King of Steaks, is another one. Oh, what was it? I'm trying to think of one on Oregon Avenue. Uh, there's, a, there's another one down in South, South Philly too that I can't think of right now. Phillips, Phillips. Have you ever heard of Phillips? Phillips. It's like four, like fifth, sixth in Oregon. For Phillips? Yeah. Uh, let me just, let me Google that really quick. Um, Phillips, it looks like it is on uh, Pashunk. West Pashunk. So 2234 West Pashunk Ave. I think I may have passed by it. Yeah. Like yeah. Said, the, the, everyone has a favorite, like, cheesesteak place. So it's like, you can't get a definitive answer from everyone because everyone will say, like, get the best cheesesteak here so it is best to just like travel around try at different places and determine like which place is best for you and and going back to what we said earlier the competition is so steep especially for cheesesteaks in philadelphia that it's hard to get a bad one there these these people are they're trying to compete with one another to get that that you know hold the crown for a little bit and or, or get some notoriety and so they're they're working their asses off to make sure that they're giving you a great cheesesteak and so if you go into a pizza shop or a sandwich place in Philadelphia and they serve cheesesteaks, chances are you're going to enjoy it yes. while in the city. Now, that does not translate to other states. And that's what I was thinking. I was, I was thinking about that. And I was like, I hope he doesn't go in that direction because Philadelphians are harsh on other states or cities serving cheese. When I see cheesesteak, I'll give you an example. I was in Fargo in the last year. I went there and they said, Philly cheesesteak on the menu. And I already looked and said, no, wrong. <laughs> I'm going to order this mess and, and see what happens. And I saw it. I looked at it. And I literally did the. Yeah. That's, that's not a cheesesteak. <laughs> My yeah, brother that... said, we went to Nashville. And he actually stopped and said, let me come to the kitchen. Let me come to the kitchen. Yeah. 
Let me make it for you. Yeah, it's like, I'll make it. Please just stop what you're doing. And the chef felt so bad, like, really? It's funny because I, I traveled the country for quite a bit of time, and everywhere you go, there's not a pizza place that doesn't have it on the menu. Philly cheesesteak, they advertise it. You see stores. I mean, you're driving in, you know, Alabama. And on the side of the road, there's a sign for a pizza place and they have Philly cheesesteaks. And so everybody's trying to get a piece of the pie, but they're not quite, they didn't, they didn't figure out, they didn't get the list, full list of ingredients because they don't know what they're doing. I would say it's the bread. If they don't, they can't get the bread because it's all only available in this region. So yeah. immediately if I'm looking and I see their stacks of bread and it's like, it's, it's not, I'm not going to say the name because I don't want other people like trying to get our bread and take it away from us. But if you don't see it, you're like that logo, I say, nope. Yeah, they already made a mistake. My my wife lived in Virginia for a while, uh, DC area. She would tell me that the cheesesteaks down there, they would put lettuce and tomato and onion on them. That's not a cheesesteak. That's a California cheesesteak. No, yeah, yeah, that's that should be, it. Should be against the law. That's that's not. A, that's, <laughs> that should be a criminal <laughs> act. A few years uh, ago, someone tried to put shrimp in a cheesesteak, and people were rioting. Like, how do you put shrimp in a cheesesteak? No, that's not a cheesesteak. No lettuce tomatoes like all this other stuff no now get it out of there if you're listening to me yeah. listen to my words if you see lettuce tomatoes a shrimp that is not a cheesesteak okay right, right. Being, hey, come to hey, philadelphia try a real cheesesteak any of the places we mentioned even if you haven't found a definitive place that you enjoy just get a real cheesesteak make up your own mind it's in my opinion there's only one extra topping that should be allowed on a cheesesteak and it's either onions or not onions. That's it. With or without. Right. That's yep. it. That's the only topping allowed. Now, the cheese, uh, I am a believer in cheese whiz. I think if you're going in, you got to go in hard. However, I'm more willing now uh, as, a, as a more accepting adult to say it's okay if you want to get American cheese or maybe adventure out with your cheese. But I think if you want to get into the real Philly, South Philly cheesesteak, you got to go with the cheese whiz. Awesome. Yeah, I'm saying thing with tourists. I tell them like, all right, we're gonna go into this place. I tell them, please don't embarrass me. I'm gonna tell you how to order properly. <laughs> and then we go in, and then like they order, and I know they're not gonna say because they're not from here. They don't say it properly, but at least they try. And everyone kind of like, you're not from around here. That's cool, but you're trying, so we give you that respect. It's like, all right, here's a real cheesesteak. Here's the meat. Choose your cheese with or without. Here's your bread, and they eat it. And it's like, wow. This doesn't taste like cheesesteak near my house. I was like, of course, because that wasn't a cheesesteak. That was a fraud. Now you're <laughs> There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so I have, I have two restaurants that I love in Philly. Um, one of them is Bibu in South Philly. It is, it is a French little restaurant uh and it's byob it is phenomenal it's all uh prefix menus and it is it is one of my favorite favorite places to go uh i also love green eggs cafe yes been there many times yes <laughs> so those are the those are the two i typically frequent when i'm down there listeners Please heed my words. Philly, every neighborhood has got their own flavor. If you come to Philly and you only stay downtown and try the foods there, you're depriving yourself. Because if you come to North Philly, 
Now you have the Latin Hispanic community. You have a small Cambodian community. You have so much different food, Jamaican food, delicious. You go to South Philly, real Italian meals. Still gets me to say when I go to like the South Philly and everyone's dressed nice and a whole family are going to eat dinner. I'm like, wow, like real Italian food. And once again, going back to the history, you have restaurants that have been there for over a hundred years, passed over for like generation to generation. And it's still there and it's still like doing great business. Uh, Passion Avenue now with like the Southeast Asian foods that are up and down that block as well as the breweries. I love beer. <laughs> so it's like, there's so much. So what I tell people to do sometimes after you get the cheesesteak, because when people come here, they want cheesesteak. They want the, the things that Philadelphia is known for. Get that out your system. Enjoy it. Have fun. You're going to sleep well that night. <laughs> but if you can, and if your hotel has like a gym, exercise, burn off as much as possible and literally go to the different neighborhoods, try out different food, go to Yards Brewery on spring. Oh, yeah. They set up their new brewery. That whole street, Philadelphia was a brewery town at one time, like big brewery, brewery town. Kept making beer, even though uh, the prohibition happened. I won't get into that. But like up and down that street, you have so many breweries up and down that street down there. You can, I've walked people from Second and Spring Garden to south of Broad Street and stopped at a brewery like every two blocks. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Second Story Brewing Company is a great yes. that location. Yeah. So That's I do want to ask too, there was a, are you familiar with Chef's Table, the Netflix documentary series? And it, it highlights restaurants, like some of the best restaurants from around the world. And there's... I want to say third season highlighted South Philly Barbacoa. Yeah. I've never been there. There's always a long line. <laughs> Probably because of that. But it is, it is one thing that is on my bucket list when my wife and I come to Philly. And every time we go, because it's got, it's got odd hours. Yes. And enough. every time we go, it's like, can we fit it in? If not, next time. <laughs> Yeah, I've been curious because, like I said, they, they, they have very select hours. And if you go there, there's a long line just out there. And I'm just like, eh, I'm not going to wait. What do they serve? Barbacoa. Right, that's, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not really familiar with them. It is, like, it is like true Mexican barbacoa. And now like, that's something and like great about Phil is like the Italian market area has changed where you go like it's Italian up to a certain point. Then it turns into like Mexican. And now you have this new little like restaurants popping up like like. Connie's Rick Rack in that area. So that's where you find the barbecue place. And it's like, now you get like Mexican food. It's like delicious. And you have families making it and stuff. It's like, great. It's like, it's different. I like that Philly keeps changing. I was talking to someone like a few days ago and they're like, I've seen all of Philly. And I was like, okay, take a break from Philly, come back in two years. And the food scene being like entirely different. We got little Africa in West Philly. Now I go there, I get like, what's African food? And like a baobab. Delicious. Really? Boom. Like what? rich foods, like delicious. You know, Back to South Philly, Passion Avenue, you have all that Southeast Asian food. You can go everywhere. You got Lebanese food. You got Moroccan food off of like South Street. There's something there for everyone. No matter, like if you've been all over the world, you can find all of that food right here in Philadelphia. You just got to travel around to find it. Wow. Yeah. And, and I think uh, we will do it. I mean, this is now something for those listening <clears throat> to do in a uh, post-coronavirus world where we might be stuck figuring out ways to travel deeper within our own country, um, re revisiting cities that you might have already been to and figuring out new ways to experience them. 
Keshler, all the information you gave us today so far seems to be a perfect way to do that. That's great. I think like everyone else is like, I'm cooking a lot more. So it's more like I'm calling on people. It's like my, my friend who's losing a community outside of like Boston, Stoughton, which is like a Portuguese community. And they're just like their first generation. I say, hey, can uh, your mom send me a recipe or two? I love Portuguese bread. Like he's saying like, yeah, no problem. Or like outside of the suburbs, we have like a Bangladesh community, like around like Lansdale, North Wales. I'm like, can your mom give me a recipe? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I asked my mom. It's like, thank you. <laughs> and like, they'll send me something. So like, 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 like that Colombian neighborhoods, like the Dominican neighborhoods, I, I like to go to Tierra Colombiana, which is like in deep in North Philly in the Latin community. It's, and if you like dancing, like salsa teca and stuff like that, like Saturday night when things go back to, or go to the new normal, it's like they have a restaurant downstairs, the Fritada Colombiana. Salchicha and queso mm. and all that, all like in an oh. omelet. It's not good for you, but it's delicious. And the bread just like <laughs> pressed with butter, and they give it to you as like an appetizer. Like here, while you're waiting, and like okay, like carrot juice. I'm like oh, this is so delicious. You can eat in the restaurant, and then like you're done, go outside and like get dressed up really nice, and go upstairs and just dance. It's like midnight. And then you see like people in, like beautiful dresses, just like walking around outside, just ready to get on the dance floor. Various ages, just just ready to just dance. So you literally eat a hearty meal, learn Spanish, and then go dancing, <laughs> and then call it a night. That sounds like an awesome way. To, like that's it's such a cool, unique way to experience Philadelphia that I would never have thought of. You know what that reminds me of, Bob? What? That reminds me of um, Peru. Okay, Cusco. that's what I was going to say. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we, we literally were at a restaurant and then, you know, there were two levels of this restaurant. The first one was just food. The second one was like more of a bar. And then the third one was like a nightclub. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, so Keshler, uh, moving uh, maybe away from food, Hello. what are some of the attractions that <laughs> you might recommend that are off the beaten path? things to see, certain buildings or certain stories to learn about, or just general experiences for people who are visiting Philadelphia, but don't want to either go to the more touristy destinations or are, maybe already have done them. Okay. Uh, one place that comes to my mind immediately, and something I'm work, working with Hidden Philadelphia with, is exploring Germantown. And for me, Germantown is like the perfect mix of Philly right there. Uh, sometimes I say to people when they say like, oh, you're going to go to Center City? I say, number one, it's not Center City, it's downtown. Locals say downtown. You going downtown? Yeah, I'm going downtown. You want to take the, the Broad Street to downtown? Yeah, I got or the L to downtown. Yeah. But Germantown is like the perfect mix of what Philadelphia is, as well as that colonial history. Like I was saying earlier, like that was the president's summer home. So like the capital was in Germantown Market Square for a while, as well as you have numerous like museums to left and right. So you're going to you're going to get like a plantation along Germantown Avenue. Now, people don't realize that uh, Philadelphia was like right on the border and was also considered the most, oh, make sure I get the terminology, the word correct, the most uh, northern southern city. So there's like actually like plantation right near, near, near where I live right there. And that's close to Germantown. You have mansions, you have like museums, like the Slavery Museum, at least we forget that's like right there on Germantown Avenue. You have the Black Writers Museum, you have Clive then, which is like Benjamin Chew's house was like a huge, a huge home, which is the site of the Battle of Germantown. It was like before the British actually took over Philadelphia. You have all that on wow. Germantown Avenue. No. no one ever goes there to go go to go explore it. They want to stay in the downtown area. But like I said, you miss out on a lot if you just stay downtown. And that's just one neighborhood. Wow. Still South Philly, around the Italian market. Washington Avenue, the port of entry. 
for migrants. I bring it up. I, I point out places that used to be like the, the boarding houses for Italian immigrants after the unification of Italy. I talk about that like prior to the unification, after the unification, where they walked in, where they would like uh, sleep, uh, sleep in like these boarding houses. Like one person would like get out of bed, another person would take that spot, they go to work and like they make enough money, they like go down the street, take it to a bank that only dealt with Abruzzi, they give their money, send it back home, either they go back home or they would stay here and build their own family and then start over and over again. Talk about like how to transition from Irish to Italian to now like Mexican. And that's once again, that's another neighborhood. There's a lot there. Like I said, West Philly, how it turned from like the black bottom, which is like the, the like literally the bottom area where they put a number of black people in that area where it was like considered the worst part of Philadelphia, where it developed where University City, it's Bohemian roots. So now it's like, like it's West, it's, it's a little Africa now. Now you got like Ethiopian restaurants all up and around like Woodland Avenue, where you got college kids, you have breweries, you have restaurants. That's a third neighborhood. So I tell people like, pick up a map, Lay it down on the table. What do you find, figure out like what you want to see and know about Philly? And if you just want to know everything, stay at least a week because you're going to spend one whole day just exploring that neighborhood because there's something happening everywhere at all times. Uh, yeah, that, wow. dude, that's, that's really cool, man. And uh, going back to Germantown, yeah. uh, I'm somewhat familiar with the area, but I have to admit that I, <clears throat> I've lived in Philadelphia. I've been traveling to Philadelphia my whole life and I haven't spent a significant amount of time in Germantown. That's up where, is that like Strawberry Mansion? Uh, it's, it's close by. Uh, Strawberry Mansion was actually like literally more like a, it became like a fancy like Jewish community. Another thing I tell like I had like a Jewish couple come see me and I was like, we heard that they just trying to impersonate her. We heard this was a, a big Jewish uh, community here in Philadelphia. And I said, North Philly, most of it was a Jewish community. And Strawberry Mansion was more like the wealthy Jewish community. It was in that area. And there was actually like a train at one time that would go from the Jewish community there to the areas that was near uh, Marshall Street off Gerard Avenue, because that was in a like, big, uh, like, more of a blue collar Jewish community there. So it's like, yeah, it's close by. You can drive there. It will take that long. Another thing I try to get the people to understand, Philly is a walking town. Nothing's really that far away from point A to point B. If you stay anywhere downtown, you can pretty much walk back and forth. Thing to remember is that Philly was made in a grid. That's one of William Penn's gifts. Philly is a literal grid. You can't get lost. If you get lost, find City Hall. The guy on top, that's not Ben Franklin, that's William Penn. If you can see that, then you know exactly what the center is. From our waterfront Delaware, you got front, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Once you hit 14, you're gonna realize there is no actual 14, that's just Broad Street. It just keeps going 15, 16, 17. Until you hit 69th, when you hit 69th, it's literally goodbye, you just left Philadelphia. North to south is Broad Street, east to west is Market Street. With knowing that, you really can't get lost. <laughs> you just really simplified it. Yeah, it's really. <laughs> and we have a number of streets named after Arbor thing. That's another William Penn's gift. Like you have the chestnut, walnut, locust, spruce, boom, 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 boom. Like our street wasn't always called our street, it was Sassafras. South Street was called Cedar Street. So we used to go continue on further. It's just, People's tastes change, things change, so they decide to rename it. But like I said you cannot get lost in Philly unless you really just not, you're, you're, you're trying to get lost. It's like, just look for the skyline, you see William Penn, you know where the center is. That is precise cent center, it's kind of off center, but that's the center of Philadelphia. You find that, you know how to get, you know how to get back to your, your home or wherever you need to be. You can see that from everywhere. Yeah, 
now for people traveling um, from other cities that, that want to experience Philadelphia, what would be your recommended way of transportation? Would it be the subway or taking a taxi? I say if you're going to stay in a center downtown area, I'll say center. If you see like a downtown area, you can walk it. It's not that unless you're drunk, then please take like a Uber or something from like wherever you are to to your hotel. To your hotel, but it's a high, easily walkable city. If you need to, the train literally runs the length of like Market Street. It runs that length, so you can get on that second street. And that's another great thing about Philly: the streets, the second, fifth, eighth, eleventh. It runs down street, so you literally you're, you're just counting. You just remember, oh my hotel's hotel's near 13th Street. Boom, I get off. Bye. So I try to tell people if you really, really want to feel Philly, because there's almost a bit of like a like a like illusion for me when I go to Center City. It's more of a projection what uh, people want Center City or Philadelphia to look like. So I tell people if you want to really feel Philly, get on the train. First, you'll smell it, <laughs> and then you look. <laughs> then you're like, okay, this is definitely Philly. You're hiding down here. So like, get on trains if you just want to really see how Philadelphians interact with each other. Uh, go to Reading Terminal. I know I'm going back to go to Reading Terminal. If you really want to see like locals from like each community, go hang out there. Cause that's something great about Reading Terminal. You have people from different communities that maybe retired, have nothing to do. They'll go to there, just sit in the eating area and just hang out and talk. And at the end of the day, just go back to their communities. And the same thing starting to happen to the first building. We just hang out there, eat and then spread out and go back to their own communities in the evening. Pretty awesome, man. Sorry, I'm throwing like a lot at you. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I th this is incredible to have this conversation with you because I've never had a conversation on Philadelphia quite like this in my entire life. No. Yeah, it's a city that I think I know well. Right. So it's funny, with Philadelphians, everyone thinks they know everything and at the same time know nothing. Because the people will literally stop on the tour like, did you know <laughs> on this building in 1856 this happened? I was like... Uh, yeah, and they'll like they'll stop and like give me, let me tell you about Frank Rizzo or I'll do know about this. And I'm like, okay. And they'll give their city feels like that's what I know. I was like, thank you, sir. <laughs> then like <laughs> But that's what's amazing about Philly. You can walk down almost every block and there's like a history. There's always something happening. There's not just something happening, something happened at that block. So there's something everywhere. If you love history, there's a lot of history absorbed. If you just want to like enjoy yourself and have like 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 nightlife and have a drink rittenhouse square is a good example me like growing up because i'm older now i don't go out as much like unless like a friend said hey come out and check this out like south street at night you've probably done this a number of times yourself you can have almost nothing in your pocket and still have a good time on south street <laughs> yeah just like walking down the street seeing how people interact with each other like watching what's going on you walk down the street and just have a good time and plus you get that feel that bohemian which my brother likes to tease me about because, like I said, he's he's from Brooklyn, born and raised there. So he says, "Oh, that's cute." And I said, "What's cute?" And he's like, "Oh, you're trying to be like the Lower East Side, I'm like or oh, no, the Village." He was like, "You're trying to be like the Village." It's like we're not trying to be anything. We're Philly. He's like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> you got that one. You got that one." Like, yeah, that, that street, South Street, was like from like yeah, about eighth to the waterfront front. It's just that Bohemian part of Philadelphia. You have the Magic Garden, you have like the like the broken glass art that's all around. You're going to start seeing that around uh, like on, on South Street. They like say you got the mix like the Italian, the like the little like the things that you know if you if you know the history of Philadelphia, you start looking at around, you start seeing. You see the places that used to be speakeasies that are now restaurants. It's all around you. It's like 
first like integrated like firehouse. You have all this up, down. you have synagogues, you have all that up and down the street, as well as you've got restaurants, you have nightlife, you have the great German beer house that's there. There's like I think over 100 different beers <laughs> there and everyone wearing like, like the German, uh, like the garb and the leader holds it and all that. They're wearing it, they're drinking like big cup full of beer. You got all that. So you got the history, you have the beer, you have people that's really just like have a good time and relax and that's what Philly is. Once again, people that just blue collar people that just like to relax and a mix of different ethnicities and backgrounds. And it, it gives you like, all right, um, it makes you feel like you're wanted and you're just a part of the city. And that goes back once again, to William Penn, a city for everyone, just come together, believe whatever you want to believe, uh, live how you want to live, uh, but just have a good time. Yeah. So did, did the term or the, the endearing term city of brotherly love come from the Quakers or is that given to Philadelphia later? Uh, it's, it's a Greek. That's what Philadelphia actually, uh, Philadelphia actually means. It means a city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. So where did the name Philadelphia actually come from then? Who, who gave it that? William um, Penn came up with it. He, he used the city, but he was a great lover of like Greek philosophy and all that. He traveled a lot of places or knew of a lot of places. So he just really took the name and gave the, uh, the name to Philadelphia. And a little added note, this city is not the only place that's ever been called Philadelphia. I'm gonna pronounce the name Amman in Jordan. Oh. It was called Philadelphia at one time. No way. In the world that's been called Philadelphia, it's just we're known as the only Philadelphia, but like I said, we're not the only, we're not the first one, we haven't been the only one. Wow. Amman wow. was called yeah. Philadelphia. That's amazing. That's, yeah. I forgot where it was, but there was like a huge plaque and it was like say Philadelphia, because when I first went to the Jordan, I was like, where are you from? It's like Philadelphia. And I was like, I'm from Philadelphia. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, and you go, I forgot the name of the, the structure on top of the, the, the Petra. You know, it was a, I, uh, no, uh, it's in the Amman. Amman. It's on top of the hill. It like over, overlooks a little Coliseum or something in, in town. But there's actually a plaque there that says, this was Philadelphia from this year to that year. And then it'll go to like the next name it was called from that year to that year. So the name is old Philadelphia. It's just, it's an old name, but like I said, William Penn knew of it and decided to name this place Philadelphia. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Very cool, man. Yeah. So, so I think our listeners have a pretty good idea at this point, uh, the types of tours you offer and the type of information that they're going to get booking a tour with you, which is a lot. Uh, do you mind ex just telling us briefly about your tour company, maybe giving us some of the names of the tours that you, you offer and what people can generally expect to experience? Uh, like I said, the first thing I do with everyone, like ask them, like, what do you want to know about Philly? I see more Caucasian people. They want the general, like, I want to know Philadelphia, the nightlife, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm happy to introduce that to them. The, the tours that make me feel that the happiest, the proudest are things like the Underground Railroad Tour, where I can kind of like deep dive and like really talk about like, like African-American past and give them a little like a view of Philadelphia that never really gets talked about. Uh, my, my feeling is the reason I became a tour guide, not my feeling, but the reason I became a tour guide is because I want to show people things that people like often don't see or know about Philadelphia. So when I go to the president's house, I can talk about, you know, he had, George Washington did have slaves in his house. And it's like, oh, really? I never do that. It's like, I'm giving you the good and bad, but I'm giving you everything. Here's the story. I hope that after the tour, you go home, you think about, it's like, was it really true what he said? Let me look this up and read or do some, do some more information. Talk about William Hill and the Underground Railroad. But then I also go like the Rizzo and like the Italian neighborhoods. So like I said, my tours are fleshing like all the different things 
that make up Philadelphia. And but like I said, it goes back to asking that question, what do you want to know about Philly? And I'll throw out some things. You just want to go to the art museum, you want to go to Eastern State Penitentiary, which is the first uh, uh, isolation in the world was the Eastern State Penitentiary yeah. was there. And they're like, what? And I say, like, yeah, I'll tell them like, it's a Quaker invention, like locking someone in a room by themselves. And hoping yeah. that you come out uh, like a uh, like a new person. The the first crazy. institution to to do solitary uh, confinement. That's that's uh, yeah, that's it. The yeah. first institution to do that was in Philadelphia. I'm like, what? Really? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is right there. I'm like, what? So I like throw out a lot of questions. Like, what do you want to know about Philly? And then like I try to show them like Philly is not a one stop uh, one stop look or one day location. If you're only here for a day, well, we're going to cram in a lot. My tours always go over on time. I'm going to try to cram in a lot because I want to get past the. Uh, United States history and Philadelphia history, and I want to sh start showing them more. I'm always trying to leave them like, there's more, come back, and mm -hmm. I'll tell you more about what this city is about. But for those people that do have the time, like I said, the American Revolution tour, it's a, it's five and a half hours. <laughs> wow. And I was like, and at the six hour point, I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, okay, Underground Railroad tour, it's five and a half hours. Wow. Wow. I have an other Philly tour where I talk about the indigenous population that lived here in Philadelphia. I start. I like to start with prior to Philadelphia when it was like it was a Dutch community here, like the old Swedish church, like right uh, right near Front and uh, Washington Avenue. I talk about there's a Swedish population here at one time. Like Swedes live there. Let's go to the old Swedish church. There's a Dutch population here at one time. What? We'll talk about the Lenape. Well, in it. Like there was an indigenous population here. Let's let's start with the indigenous people and like our work our way here. That's where my tours end up going on for so long because I want to make sure I start at the beginning and give them a full history and give them everyone's perspective. Because when I travel, I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> I'm trying to be like a like real historian and like do research and go to school and like get the real accreditation. But when I go and travel places, I ask questions. I ask questions from every perspective. And I want to know everything. So when I give a tour, I'm going to give you from every perspective. I'm not going to be, it's the black guy. He's only going to talk about the black stuff. It's like, no, we're going to talk about it. But I'm also going to give you the Italian perspective. I'm going to give you the Irish perspective. I'm going to give you the Jewish perspective. Some things you like, and hopefully you like it a lot. Some things you may like, but it's the facts. It's the past. I can't hide the past. All I can do is present it to you. And you, look, you walk away from it saying, oh, I learned something from that. Now I want to learn more. Wow, wow. I, and, and where can people book with you? Uh, tours by locals. Uh, easily find me like Philadelphia. It's like every other week I come up with another tour. So it's like, yeah, just find me on tours by locals. If there's like go, I, I, I believe I write a pretty uh, descriptive narration of what you're going to run into or encounter on a tour. But I always promise this. I'm always learning something new. My home is nothing but a library. I have books like everywhere which is a problem. <laughs> and Behind like, oh, you right now. Yeah, it's like yeah. literally, I just, I'm moving things. It's like there's books all over. I'm embarrassed to like show you there's like everything from like Philly history, what I'm looking at, Robert Morris, uh, the ancient world, Arabs, like, there's like books everywhere. So every time I read and I learn something new, then I want to like give that information towards like right now I'm reading about, I found a book on Amazon, it's like 35 bucks. And it's, there's literally almost no information about Germantown. I was actually able to find like, a historian that, uh, that worked for the Germantown Historical Society. And he wrote a book about Germantown history up until 1933. So it's literally from his creation to about it's like 1683 or 85 from Germantown's creation to 1933. So it's like, like just, sorry, I'm like, I'm, I went off and <laughs> got the point I was getting to, but like I said, 
I'm just trying to get people to understand that there's like, there's so much. And if you like come to me and just say, I don't know what to see, I'll ask you, well, what do you like to do? Even when traveling the world, like when people travel, it's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to learn? What do you want to see? And if they just talk to me a little bit or exchange a few meals, then I can say, meals, sorry, talking about food again, Philly, Philly and their meals. If they tell me like what they like to do, if they're active, if they want to know history, if they want to know like the dark history of Philadelphia, then then I can say, okay, this will be the best tour for you. Or if none of those tours kind of like fit them, it's like, we're going to edit this tour a little bit and go in this direction. But always, each tour I give is a little different. That's why I don't give tours that often, because I don't want to just vomit the same information at each tour. I want each tour to be different, and I want to give new information at each tour. So you're like, wow. It's like, I get to share something with you, and hopefully I share something, I, I learn something from them, and you're like, okay, Philly, I didn't just expect all this. Then at the end, they say, you're better than New York, and it's like, I know. <laughs> No. Did, yeah, I, I think uh, there's a ton to learn, man. And, and you seem to have it nailed down uh, with how you communicate that information and that history to people. And so uh, if, if you're listening to this, it, Tours by Locals, look up Keschler. Yeah. I mean, it, your, your tours caught my eye for sure. And that's why I reached out to you to do this. So thank you for coming Keschler, on. wait, thank I you. do. I would, I would be very remiss if I did not talk a little bit about uh, two years ago, the Philadelphia hosted the ASLA National Convention, which is uh, the American Society of Landscape Architects. Uh, and because Philadelphia is one of the oldest cities, because William Penn laid it out in a grid pattern and there was a lot of planning and thought into the city, uh, me and a few colleagues had the opportunity to give a, an eight-hour tour on the park system. So we did a 60 mile bike ride starting at Reading Terminal Market and biked along the Schuylkill River Trail all the way to Valley Forge National Historic Park. Jeez, that's long. And I did a ton of research on the park system in Philadelphia and I had no idea that Fairmount Park is the largest city in the city limits park in the world. Yeah, the largest urban park on the planet. Yeah. Wow. And it was completely designed to maintain the water quality that fed the city. And it's absolutely fascinating. So all of these other park systems that tie into it from Maniunk to Conshohocken all benefit from the Schuylkill River Trail and from the actual park system. And if I'm at the art museum and I'm trying to, I try to show people like the Fairmount uh, waterworks. Yeah. And a lot of people can like, oh, wait, it's like we have our waterworks. It's behind it. The water used to come from the school field, go to where prior to the city hall, the center of Philadelphia, which is the center of Philadelphia right now, would go there and go down to the old Philadelphia. So it's like, there's more. Don't think old Philadelphia is just this small area where Ben Frank and those guys could hang out to. There are people out here. There's things happening everywhere. There's, it's, I say, it's a lot and it's right. a lot to digest. So I tell yeah. people, they at least a week. There's a yeah. like, parks are beautiful, mm-hmm. and plus, what's that? You see what's happening now, like the Spruce Street Harbor and all the thing. Now we're using the parks to like have like little like like uh, pop up bars and place to hang out. Because like I said, it goes back to William Penn. It was always his plan to have this many parks. That's why we have like four or five like different squares. You have Washington, you have Logan, you have Franklin, you have all this uh, Rittenhouse Square. You have squares spread out throughout the downtown area because you can go there, you can relax in the park and just let go and just chill out there. And that's what Philadelphia is about. Once again, just going to the park, 
having a beer, we drink outside, but you know, just relaxing among people. And that's what makes Philadelphia beautiful. That's why I always said my brothers like I like Philly much more than Manhattan. Like I'm not a fan of Manhattan. Oh, hands down, it's yeah. just, hands it's down, crowded. Philly. The buildings are all too tall. But in Philly, I can walk a few blocks and I'm in a park. I can walk mm-hmm. another few blocks and there's a small park there. You're always you can always find some shade and there's always something happening here. We have a concert here. There's something always going. It's it's it, the city in my in my eyes. It's being created perfectly. And I didn't appreciate it until like I moved away and I moved to Atlanta and I thought every city's designed like Philly. And I went to Atlanta and I said, what the hell? Why is every street named after Peachtree? And I can't understand like where, how the street could end at a dead end because say you can walk around second street, second street extends from the beginning to the end of the city, north and south. It'll just go north if you're north of the city, north of Market Street and south if you're the south of, uh, of, of Market Street. So like I said, you can always find your way back home and there's always like a park. Because even as the city expanded, you kept with the parks. There's more, There's you see families and kids. Now I'm like pitching that you move to Philadelphia. Move <laughs> to Philadelphia, just stay here. You're gonna love it. There's a lot of parks. It's a lot of good food. People are happy no matter, even if you're traveling from outside the United States, you're gonna find those foods that you like at home here as well. That's my pitch. I, I, I think you've, you've made an incredible pitch. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into Philadelphia in a completely new way. So thank you for that. But uh, before we let you go, yes, we need to get into our late round. We call this the rapid fire question round. Oh, okay. Let me get ready. You, <laughs> where we ask you, uh, we're going to do 12 questions now. This is, we, we scaled it back a little bit for time constraints, but we, we, we're going to ask you 12 questions and uh, just answer them honestly and as quickly as you possibly can. Um, All right. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. What is the first word that comes to your mind when you hear the word travel? Manger. Sorry, I'm Haitian, so manger means food. All All right. right. (laughs) What home comfort do you miss the most while traveling? Oh, Chilean empanadas. I lived in Santiago de Chile for a while and I love Chilean empanadas, so I always want to eat it. And when I go back to visit, Friends, I go to the refrigerator because they know to have it in there for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you could swim in any liquid, what would it be? Water. I love being near water. All right. I was in El Salvador and I literally spent like two days. I left the group and just stayed two days in the water. And just when I'm like, I I get excited, like, yeah, I just want to swim. I just want to be there. So water. water. Pick two animals that you want to see fight. A seal and a dog. <laughs> okay, ah. yeah, I like that one. I like that. So water dogs and land dogs. <laughs> yes. Just like one barking back and forth. Like you can't go into my territory. It's like you can't come in my territory. So it's an equal like standoff. They just have to stare at each other and hope one of them just decides to go away. Would you rather drink wine or coffee for the rest of your life? None of the above. I don't drink wine or coffee. So I usually just like, I drink a lot of water. I drink about almost like a gallon of water a day. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's good. That's healthy. Say hello in your favorite language. Como ye? Haitian Creole again. Como ye is like, how you doing? That's how we say hello. All right. Como ye? How you doing? If you can travel with anyone in the world, living or dead, who would it be? My mother. She's no longer living, but I've always, the one country, I've been over 70 countries and the one country I've never been to is Haiti, which I've always wanted to go and actually see things 
from her perspective. So Aiti, which is the real name of Haiti, Aiti, Land of Mountains, that's one place I've always wanted to go. And I've like, I've, I feel almost ashamed that I've never actually been there. I know so much about the country, but I've never actually seen or been there. So that would be, that would be the location. I hope you are able to go there soon. Yeah, oh, me too. Uh, what is one item remaining on your bucket list outside of going to Haiti? that's a tough one i'm one of those people that like if i want to do it i just do it immediately haiti is like the only like like the mark on my Jeez, wow. we, can, we can leave it at haiti yeah, yeah that's fine all right uh who is your biggest celebrity crush I don't have a celebrity. celebrity No one? William Penn? No, it's like, it's just because Philadelphians, we don't care. Like, we don't care that you're famous. Like, when, like, uh, what was it go? Andre 3000 is walking around Philly. Everyone's just like, it's Andre 3000, whatever. (laughs) Philly. Like, I used to hang out in Fluid off of South Street, like, when it used to exist. And you'd see, like, the Roots and Questlove and all these celebrities come there. And you can go downstairs to, like, where Fluid is located and, it's like, have dinner. And we used to play, like, games on Sunday, like, checkers and chess. And celebrities would come in all the time. We would look at them like, oh, it's that dude, whatever. <laughs> so we treat everyone equally like, eh, you're no big deal. That's part of, like, Philly, like, you're no big deal. You're just here. So all right. we're going to just kind of let you do your own thing. If, so if I, don't, I don't have a crush. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> It's all right. Maybe your biggest crush is Philly. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no. I like Philly a lot. Nah, nah. But like I say, I, I like the reason I like Philly so much is because Philly prepares you for everything. And when people say like, I'm like going to travel somewhere else in the world, I ask them, like, where you're from? They say, I'm from I'm born and raised in Philly. It's like, you do like which part? North Philly, South you do fine. Philly is a like I said, it's a it's a it's got a chip in a soldier a little bit because of the New York, Washington, us being stuck in the middle and us no longer being the capital but we've kind of developed on our own. So we're the kind of people that no matter where we go, we can survive because we're used to being in Philly. And that's why I like it so much because Philadelphia prepared me for everything else. Philadelphia prepared me for living in Chile. Philadelphia prepared me for living in Australia. Philly prepared me of getting lost in Tunisia. <laughs> I, wandered, I got in an argument with someone in French. I ended up in the wrong town. It's like Philly prepared me for all that. It tells you like, calm down. It ain't that deep. That's the thing we say. It ain't that deep. Relax. Take a breath roll with it you're going to be fine (laughs) that's why i talk about feel like philly that way it's like it prepares you for whatever happens to you in life just got to relax take it easy and then boom i I think that you might have answered this next question if you were stuck in one city for the rest of your life which city would it be i gotta say it's because everything i have is here and it's like literally the whole world is in my home and like all my friends and all the people whenever i travel somewhere nowhere where i travel to I end up making a, at least one friend. That's my personal goal. Uh, I was telling someone like, in, in the last day I have on this planet, I want to sit down, look back on my life, and really, like, and one thing I want to have achieved is knowing people and meeting people from all throughout the world. So it's like now at this point, it's like I call people family in Spain. They're not blood family. They're family. I go to their home. I'll pop up in the middle of the afternoon, just pop up in Madrid, and I'll go to their refrigerator, and it's like Kessler's here. It's like Kessler, and I'm like, hey, and I go, and there's like a picture of me on the fridge. Like with the family, and I'm like, cool. That's like I'm family. That's that's cool. New Zealand. My friends are like, yeah. There's like images of me there. So it's like the whole world. It's like it, it feels very small to me because one, I have I've met so many people throughout the world, but at the same time, I bring a part of home back with me. So I have those like, like everywhere is in here. So I feel so I can travel the world by just simply staying in my living room. So yeah, that's my answer. Sorry, that's, long answer. <laughs> that's good, man. That's good. Uh, 
If Ellie. you owned a yacht, if you owned a yacht, what would you name it? Lonely Planet. Oh, all right. All right, and all right. Last question. Most important one. Which of your of the Traveler's Blueprint hosts is your favorite? I'm gonna say Bob, because he's really from Philly. Oh, <laughs> hey, that's two, that's two, that's fine. That's fine. Split up is a, you know, Harrisburg is a little up there. There you go, man. Look, we stick together, I like it. Yes. We stick together. No matter what, no matter where you are in the world, it's like you bump into another Philadelphia and kind of look at each other and give each other a nod like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, is another term we use, that we, I got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah, I got yeah. you. I got you. I like it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you. It's been a great learned hour. A, learned a ton, man. You really just, you dropped a ton of knowledge in just this short period of time. So that was, that was really insightful. Yeah. I have a new lens to look at Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we didn't even talk about John. So that's amazing. We didn't even get into John. I mean, we, we might be able to do this again and get into a whole different, uh, we didn't get into sports. There's a, there's a lot to talk about. So yeah. yeah. Hey man. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll do it another time. Yeah, hopefully, man. Once again, thank you. This is a big surprise that you reached out to me, and I was like thinking, like you reached out to the wrong person. Like, well, uh, they can't want they they possibly not want to speak to me. But thank <laughs> you, it's a great honor. You let me just talk and just go off at the mouth for the last hour. So this has been great. Hey, thank you. I am. I'm really looking forward to going on one of those tours with Keschler. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I feel like I know a lot about Philly already. Or at least I did before we started talking to him. And now I feel like I know almost nothing about Philly. That's sort of a reoccurring theme, right? But there's something special about it because it's it's Philadelphia. So there are plenty of places that I thought I knew a ton about. And then once you talk to someone who lives there, who operates a tour company there, who has more knowledge than you on that place, you're like, wow, wait a second. I didn't know as much as I thought. Yeah. And But when it's when it's your home city, when it's some a place that I, I was born in Philadelphia. My family grew up there. I lived there as an adult and I still learned a lot today. So then getting to go there and maybe walking the Reading Terminal Market with Cashler or just walking some of the streets that he's familiar with will be, it, it'll be, it's, it'll be an incredible experience. And yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward yeah. to it. I think the one I'm most excited for is the food. Cause I thought I knew Philly food pretty well, but he has some great recommendations right. that I'm excited well, we, to try. We, I think I feel comfortable admitting we knew Philly food for the touristy talking points, right? Like we knew yeah. it's, we know that there's really good restaurants in Philly, but he got into the, the cultural differences in the food. Yeah. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited to, to catch up with him. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. As we mentioned in the intro, please subscribe to us. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe to our podcast on whatever app you want to and if you're listening on an on a podcast platform subscribe to our youtube channel where you can see our beautiful faces or not anyway follow us on social media instagram facebook those are the two most popular that we post pictures of our guests that correspond to the conversation and reach out to us if you want to tell us about some of the travels that you didn't have this year and what you did instead let us know we're excited to hear them and thank you for listening and tune in next week 